It is season two, episode 34. Oh my God, 34 of the Hall of Fame show. Evan Nolan, you're back. How many, I, I can't believe we've been doing this for this long. I guess you really want to get all those beers you keep winning from me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know how I feel about uh about uh our, the bets we made last week, but I'm I'm still I'm still sticking with uh I'm still sticking with uh the Patriots winning the uh, AFC East. So I mean that that's what a loyal fan does. Yeah. So yeah, who who we got for 34? Do we have anyone exciting? Uh Nolan Ryan again. Nolan Ryan, uh the round mound rebound Shaq, but Shaq's not eligible yet. We had him nominated. Yep. And specifically what we're talking about is the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. It's a creation by Evan and, our, and myself. www.nothalloffame.com forward slash USA. So that's why I got my Captain America t-shirt on. Nice. <laughs> I have my I have my Winchester Cooperative Bank t-shirt where not only do they give you interest, they take interest in you. Wow. Is that a sponsor for us? I, I hope so. I, I know I've, I've banked there since I was a little kid. So Okay. Awesome. I, I still write checks from there. So oh, I'm, I'm sure you've got interns and you have to explain to them what a check is. Uh, no, I, we, don't, we don't have interns in our office anymore. Just that one intern who I had to explain how to address an envelope a couple years ago. <laughs> I like I practically faded into dust. So nice. Nice. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm interviewing someone tomorrow for the, for the site who's, I, I'm pretty sure might be 20. I, d- I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she, appe- she won a contest and was the ring announcer at SummerSlam. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't tweet too often, but uh, I said, like, holy shit, hire this, hire, hire this person. She liked that, and I said, hey, wa- want to come on my show? Nice. Yeah. So um, it's, it'll cool. sort of tie in with something we'll, uh, that I'm going to be talking about later, but I, I guess we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, I, I think just a quick opening. Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame had their class today or their official induction mm-hmm. ceremony. I didn't watch it. It's funny how passionate I am about the Hall of Fame, yet I don't watch any ceremony or very rarely. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quick, from what I can see from the Twitter world, most people were just impressed by the voice of Ted Simmons. And they wanted mm-hmm. to sort of narrate things. So I thought that was sort of interesting. Nice. Yeah, and Derek Jeter is still upset at the one person who didn't vote for him. I don't blame him. Yeah, so I just, I want to, there are two groups of people on Twitter who need to shut up this week. Uh, Only two. The first, only two from our, that we care about, right? The first are the people who keep talking about the Chiefs dynasty uh, that's going (laughs) on right now. I've seen multiple things on the Chiefs dynasty. They've won one Super Bowl got blown out by 22 in a second and our own two against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Come on. It, that let's, let's back off of the dynasty for the chiefs as of yet. I haven't won at least a second super bowl. I'd agree before that happens. So first of all, and again, I'm not ripping on the chiefs, just their fans are insane. They're dumb. The other group of people need to calm the hell down are people who say that Derek Jeter is in a hall of fame. There's been a bunch of that on this week who say that he's not, a Hall of Fame? That, that, that he should not be in the Hall of Fame. That he's one of the worst players in the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter is one of the worst players in the Baseball Hall of Correct. Fame. Correct. It's all over today. Uh, okay. and I missed that completely. I, I'm, a, I'm a Red Sox fan. Shut the hell up. Just stop it. 
That dude, I, there are certain people, wow. it doesn't necessarily matter what their statistics are, right? Mm-hmm. Derek Cheater was a Hall of Famer, not just for his dating history, which is the greatest of any resume of all time. No, it was, it was the greatest. Well, we don't know. It was the greatest gift basket that he gave. Oh, well, that's true. But the resume, the best gift basket was just addressing on the resume. Yeah, yeah. But like that man was a Hall of Famer all the way through. He was the heart and soul of those Yankees teams I loathed so very, very much. So just stop it. The one thing that was interesting today was they had someone did something on whether Jeter was on your Yankees Mount Rushmore. I think that's a legitimate discussion. No. I have him just off too, but yeah. just off because I think you have to have, and I don't have, I think you have to have Ruth. DiMaggio and Mantle, and then that four, I mean, the fourth spot could be Gehrig, but at some point you have to have a pitcher. I'd figure like Whitey Ford or somebody. Yeah, you, you don't because it's only four players. It's not like you can feel True. a team with this. So, True. Uh, yeah, in or, or 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 Yogi Berra just being the heart and soul of the Yankees for so long too has to. Yeah, I, I think I, I should look this up. Uh, when I did the top fifty Yankees of all time, I think. I had Jeter at number five mm. behind the, the, the four that I mentioned. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I'd say six or seven for me, but it's at least a legitimate discussion. I think I'd still have bear in front of him. And again, I think I'd have Whitey Ford. I would not have Phil Rizzuto in front of him though. So. <laughs> or Joe Gordon or any of the other people who got in the hall of fame because they were Yankees. Um, yeah. Phil Rizzuto could be, could be that, uh, that person, like he's not a hall of famer. Yeah, well, I mean, if Phil, Phil Rizzuto himself, mm-hmm. to his credit, said that if he was a Hall of Famer, Johnny Pesky of the Red Sox should have been in before him. Uh, who, and Johnny Pesky is also a borderline guy, um, even though he did give me, I think I've told this story when I was, my first ever baseball game, I got a baseball handed to me by Johnny Pesky and immediately brought it home and played with it. And I have no idea, which I, it's probably somewhere in my... Uh, mm-hmm. Somewhere in the box, I have a giant trash bar- uh, barrel of just random tennis balls, racquetballs, baseballs, everything that was in my garage from my childhood. I took with me out here. It's probably in there somewhere, but I have no idea where it is. Um, yeah, but John, yeah, Johnny Pesky, it was probably a better player than Rizzuto. And Rizzuto, to his credit, said that. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's not close. You people who think Derek Jeter doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, just just. Stop it. I, I did not see that on Twitter today, but yeah, that's fascinating. I can't imagine. I, I, I get people who hate Jeter if you're a Red Sox fan, you know, like yourself, and I, it, doesn't, it seems like you don't, but. Uh, well, G, Jeter, got, Jeter got the place that Peyton Manning did too. And again, you know, my thing with Peyton Manning, the HGH, whatever. Right. But Peyton Manning got the point where I couldn't hate him anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just too good to hate. The same thing with Jeter. Jeter was just too good to hate. Mariano Rivera was too good to hate. Right. Like at some point, you just had to be like, they're just ridiculous. No, and absolutely. That, so that, that's where I am, Jeter. Now, you want to bring up Paul O'Neill? <laughs> <laughs> that's a man I hate. Um, so, yeah. But anyway. Oh, the, by the way, the other group people need to calm down. All the Red Sox fans are comparing Nomar to Jeter. Mm-hmm. Nomar's career to Jeter. Calm down. Okay. Well, Nomar almost, almost was. Oh, my little dog is bringing me a toy. Yes, Jasper. I'm going to promote his Instagram. Jasper underscore the friendly Corgi for anyone who wants to follow the nice. best Corgi on Instagram. I'm a little bit that, that is actually probably a pretty high bar to clear, to be honest. There are a lot of Corgis. 
Well, he's, he's the best. I can guarantee he's the best corgi in Barbados. Fair enough. Yes, that I that I can guarantee. I think he's the only one, but yes. Hey, hey. I mean, it's it's, it's a more fun thing to promote than the usual stuff I do. <laughs> True. <laughs> hey, my 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 daughter has a fourth place trophy for karate that she displays proudly for a competition she was in where there are only four people competing. So, just excited to get the trophy. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Well. We are in the participation trophy era. Yeah. Well, they give them the t- top four and everything. It just so happened there are only four in her competition. So, well, I but guess that's, that kind of leads me to the shit box. Oh, good. All right. Uh, I'm, all I'm, right. I'm glad that my daughter's participation trophy leads me to the shit box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, actually, that, there really is no segue to that. <laughs> Continue now. Yes. Uh, actually, I got to look up her person's name. I, I've completely forgotten this this mm. person. Uh, but while I'm looking up the one I really want to talk about, and it's right back to tennis. Jesus, Naomi, please stop. Quit for a while. Yeah, she needs to quit for a while. 100%. Because she, she did the same exact thing again. Cried. And then when, during, on a press conference. And then when, then when she got when the lifeline was there, she tried to answer a question anyway. Yeah. I, God damn it. The people around her, whoever is around her really needs to help her out. I don't know who it is. I I don't know her support system, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Jesus Christ. It's just, it's, it's breaking my heart. Really? Yeah. That girl, that girl needs help before something bad happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's clearly getting into her head because uh, she had her meltdown. I think that's the first time she had a meltdown on the court. And for whatever reason, well, only she can answer that. I think what's gotten in her head is, and it's the sad thing is it's her fault because she told everyone what her Achilles heel is. And it's dealing with press. And for some reason, people didn't tell her that nobody gives a shit or she can't understand that no one gives a shit. Uh, what she needs to do, she lives in New York, I think, right? Uh, that I can't tell you. All right, I, I think so. I could be wrong, but where, whoever, wherever the closest NHL team is, hang out with hockey players for a month and ask them how they answer questions. And that will work perfectly. To just give non-answers that are boring and no one's going to to pay attention. Well, you know, like I I gave my best out there and, you know, like Serena just had her A game and, you know, like I wish her nothing but the best. Poof. There you go. Yeah. That's sort of my thing. But now we're sort of in a thing where other players are, how do I put this? And I've said this before that the, the social currency of being a victim has never been higher. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know that Naomi's, some people have said Naomi's a victim. Now, to her credit, Naomi's never said that about herself. Well, she kind of has, but not really. She just says that it's hard for her and it's, and, and it's something that she doesn't handle well. So needless to say, this leads to the tennis media then, then asking other players the same shit. So Sloan Stevens uh, shared some Instagram posts of, or responses 
of people just shitting on them. No, I gotta, I gotta say this. I mean, like you and I are, are super fans, right? But who are these tennis trolls? They're you trolls know? for literally everything. And, and most of the time, they don't even give a shit about any of these players, I'm sure. Yeah, well, there was, I can't remember what players it was. It was on the women's side who lost the match he wasn't expected to lose and said she expected to get home and have a whole bunch of things about body image and okay, stuff like that, that. That's where I'm going here with this. Yeah. Uh, it's Shelby Rogers. Yeah, there it is, Shelby who, Rogers. Because uh, that was the name I had to look up because I'd never heard of her before this week. And mm-hmm. there's a reason I never heard of her is because her highest ever ranking was 40. Okay. So she's 28, so she's probably not going to get, she's probably not going to do particularly, she may never get to, she's probably not going to win a big tournament, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But she had a good tournament here. Now she goes up here, so then she says, she did talk about how, yeah, she's going to get some people calling her fat. Okay. But then she said, yeah, you know, after my loss, I'm going to get 9 million death threats. No, you're not. You're not going to get 9 million death threats. You're not even going to get nine death threats. You're not going to get any death threats. And if you are, they're not, they're all bullshit. Like, gee, and, and then goes on to say about how she wishes there was no social media. Well, okay. Then don't be on it. You don't yeah, have she, to be. But no, nah, that's, that's incorrect. She doesn't have to be. That is 100% wrong. Okay. You have, Why? She, she, she said that in her statement. She yeah. said she would cut out social media altogether if she had to, but in order to market yourself at all, which is how you get paid in this stuff, if you can't win tournaments, you have to be have some sort of social media presence. No, she doesn't. She can just say, screw it. How much so, marketing is she really getting? Like a, like a few bucks here and more, there? More, more than if she has no social media. Sure, but it's a choice. It's still a choice. I disagree. Okay. She okay. So let's say we go with what you say, and she's got to do it. She doesn't have to read it. All right, fair. That that she doesn't have to. She, she doesn't have to read it. But you, there has yeah. to be. Everybody needs some sort of social media presence if you're in the public eye at this point. Name name one person in the public eye you can think of who has no social media presence. Ding 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure there are. I mean, I'm sure like maybe I don't know if Meryl Streep has one or anything like that. I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't. But like the vast majority of people who are under the age of 50, if they have any sort of career, have to have some sort of social media presence. All right. Fair enough. So but at least if you're going to go up there, maybe don't say I, I'm going to have nine million death threats. Fair enough. Maybe okay. just go up there and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to get some negative comments about my, my shape, my looks, Other things, but yeah. 9 million death threats that I see in the, in the underneath ticker when I'm watching sports, you are not. Hey man, hyperbole is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. That's why it's hyper. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's kind of, that's a, a bit of my shit box there. It's okay. I, I don't want to go too much more because I've already talked about all this with Naomi, but I, Oh my God, watching it, it's breaking my heart. I feel so bad for this girl. Did you ever expect to become the women's tennis guy here on this? No, show? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, absolutely not. It, it's no, uh, although, although, although here I, I got, I got to say, 
great troll job on me, by the way. Well, I'm sorry? Troll job on me. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you sent, when you sent me, uh, hey, maybe we could talk about this. It's the 25 greatest WNBA players of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I did send you that. Yeah, you did send me that. And uh, I actually saw that before. And I was actually looking through it like, oh, maybe this is going to, and I got really nothing. I, I All 25 of these women are going to be in the, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, the list is exceptionally what you think the list is going to look like. Right, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I, you know, I, I thought that might actually have been a topic this this uh, week, but it didn't really fit as an elevator yeah. because they're all they're all going to get in, and they all should. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and the other thing I we didn't bring up is they announced some of the uh, rev- some of the uh, ceremony presenters who Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. But I don't think we really need to go there either. So yeah. So uh, do we go to the, the there's been a lot of deaths do we go to that or do we go to the elevator let's do, let's uh let's get some of these deaths out of the way here okay yeah there, there's quite a few a uh, lot in football which i'm sure you're gonna get to yeah we'll get to there um so all right we'll start in the world of music uh passing away earlier this week uh was uh ricky lee reynolds from black oak arkansas uh it was american hmm. southern rock band uh he was uh the rhythm guitarist from, I mean, this, the Black Oak Arkansas has been around forever, from 65 to 77 and 84 until he just passed away. Uh, but yeah, he was with the band for, what, 64 is when this started? Or they were originally known as the Nobody Else. <laughs> I, I only the know the one song, Jim Dandy to the Rescue. Yeah, right. So, uh, but he passed away from COVID at uh, 72. Um, we lost uh, Carol Fran, who is an award-winning uh, soul singer, um, pianist, and, and writer. She passed away at the age 87, also from complications uh, from COVID. Um, in the world of wrestling, we had three folks who passed away. Um, first, Wild Bill White uh, passed away at the age of 76 also known as uh, the Blue Demon, the Destroyer, and the Scorpion, among other things. Um, do you have anything to say about him? I, no, I wasn't familiar with him. Okay. There, there, uh, there is someone you're going to mention that I, I do want to talk about. but Yeah, we're, we're going to get there. But yeah, he passed away at the age of 76. Uh, he held championships in, he's mostly down the Gulf Coast championship wrestling area mm-hmm. uh, back when it was regionalized. Um, we lost Steve Lawler, passed away at the age of 56. Um, he was also known as Liberty McCall, The Flame, among other things, Steve the Brawler Lawler, um, mostly in Deep South Wrestling, uh, and then the Independent Circuit before ending up, uh, you know, back in and around. Do you have anything on Steve Lawler? No, I, I, I'm not familiar with uh, his work. Okay, so he also died from COVID at the age of 56 in Florida. Um, and the one I'm sure you want to talk about is Daphne. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Daphne passed away at the age of 46, um, actually born as Shannon Claris, I guess a Spruill. I think so. Uh, yeah. She, uh, I'll, I'll let you talk about Daphne. Yeah, uh, she committed suicide. Uh, and the... the it, it was, man, 
I'm kind of getting the sort of remember we talked about Hana Kimura. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and she was another, for those who aren't into into pro wrestling, uh, she was another pro wrestler. She took her own life, but she was only 21. Mm -hmm. I I forget. And she was the victim of online bullying after being on a Japanese reality show, uh, with, with, with Daphne, I, I remember she, she never competed in the WWE. She was in WCW in the tail end of that promotion's existence. And the, the best way I can sort of describe her, I mean, she was, she, she uh, had a lot of, had quite a few tattoos, which wasn't as common in the late 90s as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty girl, but just seemed so down to earth. And it, there is not one person who ever said anything bad about her. Uh, nothing close. So she'd be that type of person maybe you'd meet at a party and you might think, holy shit, she's the coolest person in this room. I think someone described her as the girl next door if she was goth. Mm-hmm. And she, like Hanukkah, pretty much posted her death online or her farewell. So she did this on an Instagram post. I, I did see it. Uh <sighs> Christ, uh, where she basically said how she's alone and for people not to repeat her mistakes. And mm-hmm. what she meant specifically, I don't know. Uh, right. It's speculated that a lot of it was her thing in, in wrestling. She was in a promotion that still exists. Uh, it's called Impact Wrestling now, but it's, it was TNA at the time. And she right. took, basically she got the shit kicked out of her a couple times. Uh, massively bad concussion. Uh, one time she was wrestling a, this, this one lady who was, I'll, I'll just put it bluntly, big, fat, and uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. And sat on her sternum. And just didn't know how to do it properly without with, to protect her opponent. So she wound up basically suing for workers' comp. Because they also said they're going to take care of her, and they never did. Uh, so she had. I, I'm, a, I'm shocked that a wrestling promoter would lie about something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like oh, when we we talked about Dana White, and then I could talk about Vince McMahon. Uh, this promotion at the time, uh, run by a lady named Dixie Carter, would say, "Hold my beer." Mm-hmm. And in her farewell to the world, she wanted her head, her, her head, her brain to be donated to uh, Boston. Where they do the CTE. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, which I mean, I, I, I hope, I guess it's going to happen. I don't know. And it, it, the whole thing is just so sad because the outpouring of love that she got from people. So clearly, mm-hmm. she wasn't alone, but she thought she was. Whatever she was going through. Yeah. And. It's, it's heartbreaking to watch somebody who is that young. I mean, just, just only a couple of years younger than, than myself. And clearly things just weren't going well. She felt like everything was taken from her or the thing that she, maybe she loved the most is what put her in that position in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and for what, you know? I got to get this question here. I know you brought up Hanukkah. Um, yeah. Ashley Massaro committed yeah. suicide a few years ago. Mm-hmm. China, 
may have committed suicide. That it was an accidental well, overdose. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she, well, she pretty much did. She uh, pilled herself to death, but she was right. also a, a troubled, very troubled she, soul. She is very troubled soul. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's three, at least maybe four, mm-hmm. fairly high-profile female wrestlers who have committed suicide in the last suicide or overdosed in the okay. last five years. Mm-hmm. None of whom were older. I think China was probably the oldest. Like mid 40s i same thing with daphne i i would think that daphne was the oldest i i don't okay. think how, how was china let me just see uh china was china was also 46 oh, was she okay i thought she was yeah, so so and i know there's a whole websites dedicated to dedicated to uh wrestlers who die young right, right? uh but is there anything in particular about wrestling that affects the female wrestlers more is it just so happens that that's I, i'd say no no i just like with, with each i wouldn't say more because there's certainly a lot more men who have done the same thing uh suicide True. uh chris benoit uh Demi well eddie guerrero although guerrero. he didn't he didn't commit suicide he but he he was a victim of his own excess. Right. You know, in a lot of cases, I mean, the pressure to look a certain way. I mean, like yeah. you look at Benoit and Guerrero, these are guys who are no taller than me. I'm only five, seven, five, eight. And they're, and they're, they're, they're having like a 230 pound frame of rock hard muscle. Yeah. You're not meant to do that. Yeah. Then throw in all the head injuries that, you know, especially Benoit, he had a flying headbutt off the top rope that, that he would do. And like, you know, and there was that, that attempted concussion lawsuit against the WWE, which that one was never going to go anywhere, not because mm-hmm. of the WWE itself, but my understanding is when they did that in the NFL, the NFL deliberately held back information. You're going to have a real hard right. time showing, saying, hey, Vince, uh, Vince didn't tell us stuff when he's taking chair shots to the head. Yeah. So, I mean, that was never going to go anywhere, nor should it have, frankly. But it's amazing that only 20 years ago, these people, men and women, were just thinking, hey, it's a great idea to take a shot, unprotected headshot. Yeah. from a chair and they were doing it over and over it, and it's kind of amazing mick foley is still with us it is it is fascinating that not only is he still with us i mean his body is is showing the wear and tear but he should be in a wheelchair and he should be drooling mm-hmm. agree when he talks and the fact that he's like he doesn't seem to have lost I mean, he says sometimes he get he gets forgetful, but you'd never know it with the amount of interviews that he gives. If there's any cognitive decline, he sure as hell hasn't shown it. But I, I don't I don't think it's any harder. On, but to your initial question, I no, I don't think it's any harder on women. Uh, it's just in terms of mathematical proportion, this is about right. Understood. Yeah. I, I was just wondering. It's just one of those things I noticed because I had there was a couple posts with Ashim Nassaro in China and Hana Kimura and Daphne all in the same thing. 
about female wrestlers dying too. I was just wondering what you thought. So, yeah, you know, it's it's just a, in so many ways, it's a shitty industry. I mean, like I, I talk about my whenever we talk about something about hypocrisy, I always sort of lose it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm I am that guy. Uh, I'm disgusted by the IOC, the NCAA, and pro wrestling. I'm 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 hooked on all three. Yep. And I know it. And and I should walk away from all three. And I don't. Understood. Yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, we'll go out, I guess, into uh, rest in peace, Daphne, again, uh, 46. Um, let's go into football here. Uh, Keith McCants, another troubled person, mm-hmm. passed away at 53, um, played for the Buccaneers, Oilers, and Cardinals. Um, I mean, defensive player of the year, uh, in 89 in college, uh, uh, I mean, just one of those guys who should have been a bigger splash in the NFL than he could, but he was just messed up. Yeah. I don't have any better way to say it. Um, yeah, you know, you talk about we go from wrestling to football, and in a lot of the cases, the ones we're, we're talking about, I'm sure you, I don't know if that's going to be something you're going to be talking about today, but who was the one person who just got uh, indicted? Uh, oh, the folks who from um, the bad, uh, I mean, the, the three guys who, Cameron yeah. Vanover. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wasn't sure if that was going to be one of your, ba- one no, of your it's, it's not actually. Okay. Uh, and, and just trying to bilk your, your own people, mm-hmm. you know, like your own fellow football players. But yeah, it, it's it's a dirty, disgusting product. Or it, there's a lot, I shouldn't say that. There, it, there's a seedy underbelly to it, I think might be more accurate. Because we, yeah. we certainly know some people associated in the NFL who are just phenomenal people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Keith McCants was probably coming out of, out of Alabama, the best defensive player. Uh, in that draft or thought to be the best fence, although he was drafted fourth in 1990. Uh, here are the top five picks of the 1990 draft. You ready? Yeah. Indianapolis Colts from the Atlanta Falcons select Jeff George, number one. Yeah. Number two, keeping their incredible run of great drafting, the New York Jets selected Blair Thomas, running back from Penn State. Number three, from the New England Patriots as part of a trade, Cortez Kennedy, mm. Hall of Famer. McCants went to the Buccaneers four. Number five, the San Diego Chargers selected Junior Seau. So drafted right between two defensive Hall of Famers. Number nine, by the way, uh, Richmond Webb. Ah, our friend. Uh, yep. Also, also in that draft uh, at seventeen was Emmett Smith. I'm looking for any other Hall of Famers. Uh, One ninety-two, Shannon Sharp. And uh, that's pretty much it. We had some other people who were, uh, uh, sorry, John Randall as well was undrafted that year. Imagine John Randall being undrafted. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Keith McCant, 53. Scotty Pippen was a walk-on in college. I mean, think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And died much too young. Uh, One person I will mention before we get to the Patriots, uh, Canadian uh, football League owner uh, Robert or Bob Wettenhall, who owned the Montreal Other Wets for 21 years, passed away. Member of the Canadian 
Football Hall of Fame as of 2015. Uh, he died at the age of either, he was born in either 1934 or 35. So that makes him either 87 or 86. So, but he passed away, Canadian Football Hall of Famer. Um, but we had, uh, from the world of football, two Patriots uh, passed away. It's a bad week for Patriots fans. First, um, one of the very underrated people on the early Patriots dynasty. That's a dynasty. You win three and four years. Uh, yeah, a, a, a real dynasty. Yeah, let's give it. I'm going to say that's a 20-year dynasty. Agreed. But there's there's two distinct parts of it with like a part in the middle where they didn't actually win anything. Oh, seven. They lost a couple. They lost a couple of Super Bowls in there in the middle. Um, but David Patton, uh, who died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 47, uh, caught the first touchdown pass of Tom Brady's uh, postseason career. Um, just just an all around good guy. He and David Givens were the two. I guess star wide receivers for the early Patriots along with Troy Brown. And none of those guys were highly regarded. Troy Brown was an eighth round draft pick. How long ago is that? He was drafted around that no longer exists. David Patton got to the league by starting with the Albany Firebirds from the arena league. He was there for, for uh, he came out of Western Carolina in 96 undrafted played a year in the arena league before he got to the giants for two years, a year at the Browns. And spent three years with the Patriots, in which he, or four years with Patriots, in which he won three Super Bowls. Uh, but just overall, a genuinely great guy, um, quiet guy. A week before he passed away, there he was at a Patriots uh, convention, like they had an open thing at the at Gillette that he was signing all sorts of things like that. Um, it's just a really just, good yeah, just a really guy. Just uh, he's never gonna be a Hall of Fame. He may never even be the Patriots Hall of Fame. But he was incredibly reliable at a time when, at a time when the Patriots needed someone like him, right. uh, and it's just sad for that era to to lose somebody so young mm-hmm. at the age of forty-seven. Yeah, um, a little bit older uh, is the. <laughs> this trivia question came up on on uh, Chicago Sports Radio the other day. Uh, what team has the lowest career all-time passing leader in their franchise history? The fewest yards for their all-time passing leader. For their all-time passing leader? Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I guess it's a young team. Texans? Okay. I don't know. The Chicago Bears. Who's their all-time leading... Uh... The most yards, by the way, anyone has ever thrown for in Bears history is 3,200 yards. In a uh, season. In a season. But it, it's the same person. Jay Cutler is their all-time passing leader with 23,443. Second is Sid Luckman at 14,686. Wow. Let's reverse them. What team is, has the lowest all-time rushing leader in their career history? All time. Um, All time. I'm not going to get that wrong and say the Texans again. Uh, I well, there's, a reason I'm, there's a reason I'm asking you this right now. Oh, is it the Patriots? It's Sam Cunningham for the Patriots who passed away this week at the age of 72. 54-53 for his career. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it is true, though. I mean, when you, when you think about the Patriots – 
you don't think of these power running backs. You think of no. almost every other position. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, he's a member, he's a member of the Patriots hall of fame. We elected and he was, I think the third player, the fans elected to the, cause the Patriots hall, as we talked about, it's done really well. Mm-hmm. It's set up really well. We elected Stanley Morgan, Ben Coates. I think uh, Sam Cunningham was the third. He averaged 4.8 yards a carry in his career, which is very, very good. Uh, he's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame out of USC. He was the uh, 11th round, uh, sorry, the first round pick, pick 11 in the 1973 draft. Patriots had three picks in that first round of the 73 draft. Uh, their, their third one at number 19 was Daryl Stingley, who unfortunately had his career ended yeah. by Jack Tatum and passed away a few years ago. Their num- they nailed their first pick, though. John Hanna. Ooh. Hard, to, hard to beat that one. Um, Very hard. Yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah, uh, Sam Cunningham, again, just another great, kind guy, another Patriots legend. He paid for nine years. He was injured quite a bit. Um, I'm sorry, he averaged 3.9 for his career, but uh, he had 4.8, I think, in four different seasons is what it was. Um, how, how did he pass? Uh, I actually never saw how he passed. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he is uh, the older brother of, um, of Randall the, Cunningham. Yeah, of Randall Cunningham. That I didn't know when I when I read the obit. I had no idea. Yeah. So and, and again, a member of the night of the 2010 uh, College Football Hall of Fame. But yeah, uh, just another just a bad week for Patriots. Yeah. Just by the way, the top five rushers in Patriots history, Sam Cunningham at 54, 53, mm-hmm. Jim Nance, not that Jim Nance uh, at, at 53, 23, Tony Collins at 46, 47, Curtis, my favorite Martin at 37, 99. He only played for the Patriots for three years and his fourth all time. And Kevin Falk, who played for the Patriots forever, but he was a receiving back at 36, 07. It's crazy. They're they're the top active player on their rushing list. I can't even find him. Uh, Sony Michelle's gone. It would have been Cam Newton if he if he wasn't cut. Yeah, Cam Newton is forty six on their list. He's oh. behind Jim Plunkett. Uh, Rex Burkhead's gone. Tom Brady's thirty third. That's all you need to know. <laughs> So yeah, James White, I think, is number one right now at uh 1240 career rushing yards for the Patriots. So not not a rushing team. Although this year they're going to be very much a rushing team. So anyway, then we lost two people from uh the world at large. Um number one, uh Michael K. Williams. Uh Omar Omar Little, more than anything else, probably is best remembered as from from the wire. Um Chalky White and Boardwalk Empire. Chalky White is Boardwalk Empire, which is still one of the greatest names of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, also been in, I mean, I remember he was in 12 Years a Slave. He was in Gone Baby Gone. Community. Community has community. Yep. Um, he was found dead in his apartment at the age of 54. I don't know. It doesn't say what he passed away from. Well, they found heroin paraphernalia. So, jeez. Probably that's that unfortunately. Sucks. Yeah, it's man. I mean, like, how many? I think the real sad part is like he. he this was like one of the great character actors 
what more like so he died at 54 you got to figure he might have had 20 more years of just great roles in him maybe mm-hmm. more yeah you know because he wasn't somebody who, who was ever going to really be the lead and he, you didn't need him to be i mean he could have played the heavy and stuff for years and years and years to come yeah or anything he wanted to be he was just that good it's like do you know you know giancarlo esposito yeah like Giancarlo Esposito showed up in the Mandalorian, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Now he's in trouble. Like, that could have been Michael K. Williams. Like anytime Giancarlo yeah. Esposito shows up, you know the good guys are in serious, serious shit. That could have seriously been Michael K. Williams for the next twenty plus years, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just yeah, far, far too, far too young, far too, uh, and preventable. Sadly, if if that's what it was, if that's what it was. Um, and then finally, uh, the original Ronald McDonald, Willard Scott, America's favorite weatherman, passed what, away. He was the original Ronald McDonald. He was. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, he's the original Ronald McDonald. No, I, he's, yeah, the, he's the one who created the character. I had no idea. He is a graduate of the American University, one of our most famous alumnus yeah. alumni, along with uh, Judge Judy. <laughs> hmm. We have both. I didn't know too much about Willard Scott. I guess mainly because, you know, there's not a whole lot of reasons for a Canadian to watch the American weather. I, that, I, that, I, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just remember Joan Rivers always talking about him with the big crop, like just saying that that was her, her dream guy. Yeah, he, he was apparently great. Al Roker was like completely de- devastated, said that Willard Scott was like a second father to him. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he. NBC, no? like, I'm sorry. He, wasn't he an NBC? I think. Uh, I, think, I don't know. Show, which is I guess NBC. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, if you ever look up the original Ron McDonald, he has like a red and yellow striped shirt with a napkin around his neck, and then like a cup for a nose, mm-hmm. and like uh, all I can describe is like the box you would have had in the 1950s is a car hop bringing drinks out on his head so that was the original ronald mcdonald um but yeah he was 87 uh when he did when he passed away uh it says natural causes i don't know what that is especially but yeah again yeah passed away at the age of 87 uh one of the probably best known news people for americans anyway mm-hmm. although i will say canada made some news this week i don't know if you heard this the can't the top uh, first of all, congratulations. I told you you're going to make the World Cup. You have five points through three games at this point. Uh, hey, so, yeah, you, and you proved that El Salvador could be beaten, which is something the U.S. The U.S. got one shot on goal against El Salvador. Don't bring that up. But one of the top uh, franchisee in Canada this week said that Grimace was actually a life-size taste bud, is what he was supposed to be, an anthropomorphic taste bud. Ew. Yeah, uh, McDonald's says that he is anthropomorphic something. There's no creature with any definite, but he came up with an anthropomorphic taste bud. So, I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I thought but, we said Canada's in the news. I thought you were going to talk about how uh, just someone was pelting Justin Trudeau with gravel. Well, Which I do hard, not, I, I hate Trudeau, but I do not endorse that. That is true. Very, I want to be very clear. I, I, I will say one thing though, and I and you want and we'll go into soccer in a little bit, but you wanted to talk about Concacaf briefly. Uh, 
Sure. CONCACAF is a freaking mess. It's, it is like, it is the ugly stepchild of international soccer. Although I will say, I will say a couple other ones brought their true CONCACAF this week. Uh, I don't know if you know, Morocco was supposed to play Guinea in a World Cup qualifier. Mm-hmm. And they got to the stadium, and which is like right in the capital of Conakry. Mm-hmm. And the military staged a coup and overthrew the government and basically had the Moroccan team locked in the stadium for a while before they canceled the game and sent them home. So that that's a bit of a mess that you don't normally see. Uh, I'll get to what happened to South America in my ugly. Nice. But like the U.S. is playing, playing uh, it was a week ago, I think, tonight, where the U.S. was playing El Salvador and Claudio Reyna is trying to take a uh, a corner kick, and they have guys with like ten foot long plastic uh, shields to protect them from all the things raining down on the side and everything. And it was absolutely the field was awful. Uh, the U.S. had one shot on goal against the sixty fourth best team in the world. I'm not going to say that they they should have won that game. They should at least put up a better performance, make right. the goalie beat. But like that was one thing you talk, want to talk about the lack of VAR. Um, most of these countries barely have soccer stadiums. Uh, like the U S had to play, I think it was Guyana because Guyana's in South America, but they have no chance of competing. So Guyana and Suriname play in, in CONCACAF mm-hmm. and they played in Guyana and it was legitimately like they had just gotten the, the sheep off at like 10 minutes previously. Well, living here in Barbados, uh, there's, it, it's such a shame, uh, when Glenn and I, we, we did our last show, our sports review show, and we had two uh, former Barbados uh, basketball players. And it, it's mm-hmm. funny, so we were talking about the U.S. versus Canada and the Dream Team thing. And then the last 20 minutes, we're, we're just talking about why this country of just these great natural athletes can't get developed. And it's so simple because there's no, there's one great cricket field here, and that's about it. Yeah. So, you know, my, my friend uh, who was on that show, Celia, uh, like she'll, she'll say like how, how much better she could have been as a basketball player if she would have had the right facilities. And mm-hmm. then the other guy on the show, he said like there was no point for him because he played at UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. So he said like, I'm not, he said, I, I'm not coming back in the summer because just getting the good court time because yeah. it's really just like shitty courts on, on the outside. Like, if you're not really developing for cricket, you're, this country isn't going to give a shit. Mm. And the soccer fields here are, they're, they're disgusting. I thought for sure when, when I moved here, I was going to try to find, uh, like, try to go to a game. Like, because there's, there's the Barbados League. And everyone mm. I talked to says, don't bother. Mm. And then they, I all play, they all play in the same field and they switch. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and what I, I expect would happen. Yeah. And then I saw the field and it's a total shit. Yeah. So. So, first of all, welcome to CONCACAF. I will say Canada's doing well, mm-hmm. but they won't go true CONCACAF. I just they have. So we there there's three oh, games. Canada won't go through CONCACAF. No, they, they haven't gone full CONCACAF yet for. Canada. Oh, 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 oh. So they've gotten through their first three games, but their next their games coming in up October and then November. Uh-huh. In October, I believe they play Costa Rica at home, and then November they play Mexico at home. If those games aren't played in like Yellowknife or or Whitehorse, mm-hmm. like in the middle of nowhere in the Northwest Territories or Nunavut, like if you guys have a soccer field on back, I'll have island, none of that talk. <laughs> uh, 
but if you if you got like put it put it in St. John's, Newfoundland, like just put the Mexicans in the coldest freaking weather you can find, and that they can go full Concacaf. That's how you do it because you're gonna be too nice to put it in like Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal. Well, no, we no, 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 no. We are nice people, but two things. First off. Well done as an American, knowing Yellowknife, White Horse, and none of it. That that is. I am. Is awesome, I am a geography nerd, my friend. Yeah. Oh, no. I, as am I. As am I. So I, I think I think that is colossally awesome. Second, I think when you say full Concacaf, I'm getting Tropic Thunder vibes. You never go full. <laughs> yeah, but Canada has to go full Concacaf. Yeah. Like that game in Mexico, at least has to be in Winnipeg in November. Oh God, I know Winnipeg. Oh, I've got the Jets hat on. I, I got yeah, but go. I mean, but yeah. put that game in Winnipeg. Put that in Edmonton. Put that in the middle of nowhere and a freezing field and make the Mexicans freeze to death. Why not? Actually, Winnipeg's got a brand new uh, CFL stadium. Put him there. Just put yeah. that game there. Go make it because these other teams, like the U.S. is playing Honduras right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, last I saw it was 0-0. I haven't looked at the game. I can guarantee you that field has puddles on it. Because that's what they do. They like even if it hasn't rained, they wet down the fields to make it really hard for, for the teams. That was part of the reason the U.S. Again, I'm not making excuses for them. Those were part of the reason the U.S. was having such trouble in El Salvador. It's our youngest team we've had in a long, long time, and they've played all those. Like we just won the Gold Cup. All those games are played in the U.S. Right. They're used to playing on real fields, in real stadiums, and they were not prepared for a bombing range which is essentially what El Salvador's field is. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see exactly what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I told you, I'm, I'm calling it that, that Canada is going to make the World Cup. Um, I don't know if the U.S. is a better win tonight if they really want to have a shot at it. And they're, right now they're losing one to nothing. Um, so if they come out of this, they were talking about getting nine points from three games. They come out with two points in three games. They're in serious trouble. So, yeah. Although Mexico has looked terrible too and won their first two they tied panama tonight yeah, um, that, that's all i wouldn't mind to see now i always have a soft spot for mexico only because i've been there so many times i've got so I've a couple dear friends from mexico but you always know what you're going to get with mexico in the world cup they're going to get through uh, with a win loss and a draw <laughs> and then knocked out the they're going to lose a round of 16 and they're going to lose a round of 16 right yeah I, th- I think i read somewhere i don't know if this is still true the most world cup losses is mexico which makes perfect sense because they're always good for at least two every <laughs> tournament. Interesting. I, that would be a good one to look up. I, uh, I didn't know that. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah, so. I, I don't know if that – I know I, I looked that up, God, I don't know how long ago. I don't know if that's still true. But I don't, I don't see how anyone's sort of taken over that mantle. Yeah. Oh, you want to go to elevator up, elevator down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my elevator up is something that I probably should have thought of a few months ago. And, you know, there's not a lot of ha- lot happening in the world of sport, uh, realistically. Uh, there was a few baseball players I could have picked based on their accumulative year. But uh, I've been working on one of the segments I do for the site is I just take an award and then I see how many people have made it to their respective Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I was working on the Hank Aaron Award. And... Mm-hmm. So I'm writing, doing a little, like a quick thing on Barry Bonds and I'm thinking, okay, well, he must have the highest OPS in the season of all time. He doesn't anymore because on baseball reference, 
with the Negro Leagues, he's actually fourth all time. Okay. So, and we talked about a bit about that, like how is that going to sort of affect things? And I, I saw something in the New York Times uh, yesterday, and it was basically talking about how the Baseball Hall of Fame has sort of done something wrong, where in 2006 was the last time they said they're going to close the door for the Negro Leagues. Well, yeah. with the baseball hall, with baseball reference, which I, I think you and I can agree, like all the sports references, like that's they're just so valuable. I love they are ridiculously sites. valuable. Yeah, I, I I love those sites so much, and I, I was looking up someone who I always wondered why he wasn't there, only because of the profile he had, uh, and that's Buck O'Neill. Mm. And the article was sort of really hammering that Buck O'Neill should be there. Now, you look at his stats, which is the first time I really took a look at it. You can kind of see why he's not. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who, it, when you think about the canon of Negro League players, is in the top 10. And a lot of that is from Ken Burns it, being part of that, that great uh, documentary series that he did. Uh, just in all the stories that he told, he was the living embodiment of that. He was the guy who helped pioneer the Negro uh, uh, League Hall of Fame. Yep. He was a big part of that. And I think with, more, with, with a little bit more added attention, maybe, this isn't, again, this isn't my best elevator up, but I just thought it might be someone to, to bring up because as we're talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame and with what Baseball Reference did, I mean, what better person to talk about right now than Buck O'Neill? Yeah, I. So when the Baseball Hall of Fame tried doing their their Negro League cleanup mm-hmm. a few years ago, like, hey, we're going to close out whatever, the person they put in charge of it, like of mm-hmm. the of the committee, was Buck O'Neill. Right. Yeah. And they did. I mean, there's the only rational person put in charge. He's. I mean, the dude's won the presidential medal, freedom, and like, he was at that point in his late and mid early 90s. I think he was 95 when he passed. It got to be 15 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in charge of it, and he was just like, these are the people and everything, and they didn't elect him. Like he was the history of the Hall of Fame. I don't like again back to Phil Rizzuto. Phil Rizzuto has had a much smaller impact on baseball than Buck O'Neill did. Absolutely. And should have been as part of that. They should have been like, Buck, we're electing you as well. I don't care what you say. This I brought up Cheney committees the other day mm-hmm. uh, yeah. about about how the guy from Jeopardy had to get fired because he's in charge of the search committee that chose him. Same thing with Dick Cheney mm-hmm. when he was a vice presidential search. Buck O'Neill was not in that situation. He just put a recommend- list together of recommendations, which he did not put himself on. Uh, and then they didn't elect him anyway, which they should have done. Um, I hope he gets in. I am like maybe the next veterans category. If if they're not going to create another slew of Negro League players, I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. But there's no reason why they couldn't put him in on that list. We're going to agree. No, no, they could take the Negro League folks and put them in the pre-expansion era, whatever category, right? 1945 era. Yeah. So I mean, and just. I thought that might be sort of a, a fun one to talk about. So yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. So he's, he's my elevator up and my elevator down is a really weird one because it's, it's actually a hall of fame itself. Ooh. 
Uh, I've been talking about, I'm going to go back to wrestling here. I, I've been talking a lot with you about how my fandom has really shrunk of the WWE. Uh, I pretty much only watch the big shows. I listen to, or, and I'll read what happened so that I don't have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched on the weekend AEW, which is the new promotion run by the cons. Arts and entertainment wrestling. <laughs> I don't have a good joke here, but uh, yeah, all elite wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Is, uh, it's on, it's on after Poirot. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now they in the last month have just signed CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, uh, mm-hmm. prop, pretty much any, anyone who wants to have fun is going there. Mm-hmm. WWE is imploding even though they've never been more profitable. But basically, yeah. if you want to be happy in your work, people are just super happy working there. D- didn't they just have Jeff Hardy in like the 24-7 uh, championship thing? Which is ridiculous. He's like way above that. Like Rob Gronkowski held that title. Like, There's no reason Jeff Hardy should be involved in that in any way, shape, or form. I saw that on Twitter at some point. Okay, okay, like, okay, why okay, is Jeff Hardy trending? It, it, it could be because I, I don't watch Raw anymore. I just read what happened. And if something looks interesting, I might go back and look at it, but usually it doesn't. Mm. But if the current trajectory happens, it could be years before this happens because they've got, the WWE has more money than they know what to do with, especially with the deals they made with Saudi Arabia doing there and as now part of the Peacock network. And so they got the NBC money flowing. It's not going to be that long before AEW television ratings surpasses the WWE. Mm. And they're just losing people like crazy. Most of them, most of them because they chose to. They, they're releasing people, just letting them go. And then when they're, they're, in, a con, they're in a bidding war, they're losing. Mm. I don't know if they're being outbid financially or it's just like, you know, screw this. I don't want to deal with Vince. Yeah. Which is more likely it. So I'm going to say like the whole WWE Hall of Fame is that prestige is going, to, is going to shrink because you've got now a bunch of young wrestlers coming up. I would say their dream isn't to go to the WWE right now. Whenever somebody would say that, if they're American, it's like, bullshit, you're lying. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. So my elevator down is an entire Hall of Fame that actually doesn't have a home anyway. Yeah, they, they should just put it in the McMahon McMansion in uh, Connecticut or something. Yeah, might as well. I mean, like, like that, that that whole organization is falling apart. They're a feeder system that they created NXT. They now they've now just said, you know what, we're, we're just not looking for independent wrestlers anymore. So they're just looking for other athletes. So basically people, hey, do you want to wrestle? Mm. So people who didn't grow up feeling this kind of passion to do it. And it's, I, I never had so much fun watching a show in years than when I watched the last pay-per-view that you did. It was a lot of fun to watch and the fans were crazy and great fans make events a lot bigger than they are and bad, yeah. and bad fans make a great event poor. So right. yeah, that, that's something I thought was my unique elevator down. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm here us, for it. Yeah, which brings us to our, I guess, your hammer, the good, 
the bad, and the ugly. That was yeah, my ugly, best ever. My that was best. really good. Thank you. Uh, I, will, I will say the way things are going, the ugly may be, end up being Team USA here. But um, uh, I'm going to start with the good, and I'm actually going to go to another deceased Hall of Famer, um, the late, great Kurt Flood. Um, so Kurt Flood had never made the hall. He was on the ballot for he was on the ballot for that long. I don't believe. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he. I think he was on for the full fifteen years. Was he? Hold on I one think, second. I, 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 I think pull, let me pull up here. I have I have a spreadsheet for that. Okay. Um. So I should have just had it open ahead of time. But give me a second here. By the way, one thing I did see about the hall today with everything coming in, people talking about how um, how uh, Larry Walker got the advantage of Coors Field and someone put up like Larry Walker stats Coors Field versus all of the other Hall of Famers who have played in Coors Field. Larry Walker hit 381 in his career in, in, in Coors Field and all the other Hall of Famers combined hit 331. So he was like 50 point batting points better. So I was like, oh, that probably means something. You're right. He was on for all 15 years. Okay. He topped out 1996 at 15.1%. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in the, the 5 to 15 range for almost the entire time. And I know he's been on some of the, the pre-72 um, committees, but he's never really gotten that close. Right. Uh, right. But with Marvin Miller getting in mm-hmm. this year, uh, the late Marvin Miller, who always knew he would get elected after he died because there's no way they would ever let him give a speech. Um a lot of emphasis came back to Flood, who, of course, was the other half of the fighting the whole indentured servitude system that the baseball had for a very, very long time. Um, and really all of sports, for that matter. All of sports, yeah. I mean, it's starting with baseball, but yeah, that is correct. All of sports. Um, but something kind of weird happened. It got brought up and everything, and, and – uh, Ted Simmons went out of his way in his speech today to bring up how important Kurt Flood and Marvin Miller were. He's like, he was talking about how excited he was that he was going in with Marvin Miller and that the two of them would be forever entwined in the history of baseball. He thought it was a huge thing and spent time talking about how important Kurt Flood was mm-hmm. as well. And then something started, started happening today. Before the game, Alex Bregman of the Astro shows up in a Flood the Hall t-shirt. Okay, nice. And then... Okay. And then Shohei Otani does his post-game stuff mm-hmm. in a Flood the Hall t-shirt. Cardinals infielder Jose Radon before bat- batting practice, Flood the Hall t-shirts. All of a sudden, there are Kurt Flood t-shirts popping up all over the place, which is interesting because when Flood died, mm-hmm. I can't remember how long, that was a while ago now, mm-hmm. not a single modern player, active player, went to his funeral. Nobody. Really? No one. I went and looked that up. Oh, God. Nobody. And it seems now that the, this last generation, yeah, he died back in 1997, right? So we're talking the height of the steroids era and everything else, right? But nobody went to his, went to his funeral. There's a whole bunch of energy now behind getting Kurt Flood in, who outside of Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. If, Probably. if, if, if uh, Jasper starts going nuts, everyone who's listening, it's because my wife is coming home and I don't edit shit because it's just too much of a pain in the ass. So, but yeah, continue. Anyway, so as I was saying, outside of Jackie Robinson, yep. you're going to have a tough time coming with anyone else who's more important to the changes that took place at baseball 
than Kurt Flood. I mean, you could say Babe Ruth had more of an impact in making it popular or whatever, but Kurt Flood is, if you talk about the most influential people in the history of baseball, that's a Mount Rushmore. Right. So I thought it was a pretty good point before the Corgi break, but anyway, uh, no, so <laughs> talking about Mount Rushmore, he's got to be up there as the most important people in the development of Absolutely. baseball it is today. Uh, and the fact he's not in is criminal. Kind of it's, it's silly. I mean, again, the Baseball Hall of Fame elected Bowie Kuhn, who Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood owned repeatedly in court a decade plus before they put in Miller and Flood's still not in. So they, I'm hoping that when that committee meets, uh, I think he's on the same one with Dick Allen, I think, right? I Yeah, I would think so. And yeah, so. Me too? Yeah, I think it's 72. All right, because like Allen could go. Either way. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure, but Dick Allen needs to be elected this year. Mm-hmm. We need. I, he just passed away last fall. Ridiculous he wasn't. Dick Allen and Kurt Flood. Right. You know, there are other guys as well. Jim Cott and folks I, like that. But I like think, those two are the two big ones, in my opinion. Yeah, half yeah. I, I think even a year ago, there was a couple congressmen or senators, I'm not sure, who were pushing, who actually were pushing on, on the floor for Kurt Flood to get into the hall. Yeah. So I just thought it was, I just thought it was cool today with Marvin Miller getting in and Ted Simmons talking about it, that all of a sudden these flood the hall shirts started showing up with people and it, I'm hoping that means something going forward. So it's just cool to see, like, again, Bregman, uh, Otani Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what's his name for the Cardinals? It's name just popped around my head. Uh, Jose Rodon, uh, mm-hmm. white guy, Asian guy, Hispanic guy, and they all walked into a bar and, the, and they said to the bartender, <laughs> No, that, that, that's actually really good. And I think it's also the one thing, too, if they really want to campaign, you, you, you're not looking at 380 writers or whatever it is, you're looking at a group of 16, yeah, that you pretty much should have access to. A group of 16, many of whom, at least until recently, played with him and should have understood the impact he made. Like Joe Morgan was on that committee. I know Joe passed away last year, but Joe Morgan was on that committee for a long time. Like he should have realized, of course, Joe Morgan played for the Big Red Machine and Flood was a Cardinal. But like, that's not how Morgan thought. He he was that type of guy. It's like he he was that small hall type of guy. It's like, like, that is true. You know, so I, I don't want to call Joel Morgan an, a, an asshole because I don't think of him that way. But I disagreed with a lot of the comments he made about the Hall. Of which he was a better he's a better baseball player than Hall of Fame representative or broadcaster. We'll put it that way. Yes. Yeah. So I think um, Morgan sort of didn't think. I'm sure he, he agreed with everything you just said, but it's like, well, statistically, na 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 na. Yeah. 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 So. Anyway, okay, so that's my that's my good. My bad, it goes to just the inevitability of modern life. The enough, okay. Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> How did we not touch this last week? 
I don't know how I screw this up because I had it originally and I think I just forgot about it. So Bishop Sycamore doesn't exist. Let's start there. It's very important to notice mm-hmm. that it doesn't exist. Now, ESPN showed Bishop Sycamore play one of the top high school football teams in the country. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. And they, and they got drilled. Mm-hmm. And like their team is made up of like ex Juco guys and like a couple guys who got out of jail. I think the coach spent some time in jail and all sorts of stuff. It looks to be going back. Yeah. And like a simple internet search should have told you that this was not a real school. Also, by the way, when they name something Bishop something, that usually tends to be someone who is actually a bishop. And Sycamore, I know this is tough to believe, is a tree. Um, so Bishop Sycamore got their butts kicked and uh, ESPN got egg on their face. And now Bishop Sycamore is like, hey, the next people are going to play us. are going to be super famous. You know, you need to get us on your schedule, yada, yada, yada. Here's where the inevitability of life comes in. I was expecting there to be a 30 for 30 on this mm-hmm. because except for the fact that ESPN is not going to do a 30 for 30 about how ESPN's a moron. Um, but instead there is going to be a Bishop Sycamore scandal documentary that there is a fight between Kevin Hart and Michael Strahan over who was going to produce it. Interesting. And, Mike, and Michael Strahan ended up winning. So Strahan got the rights to produce the documentary on on Bishop Sycamore that I just knew was going to happen immediately. So like, who gets the money for that? Like who, who? I guess the guy who came up with the website bishopsycamore.com? I guess Roy Johnson? Like the fired coach? Like I, I don't know. It's just one of those things like how life is sometimes just way too predictable. You just knew this was going to happen. And the fact that these con artists have already made off with their money and now are going to get more money out of it is just, it's the way the world goes. I, I and think, again, there, are no, there are no real good guys in the story. Oh, God, no. No, there's just victims, too. And one thing that a lot of people aren't talking enough about are really the poor kids, and in some cases, not kids, who played for this team hoping for what maybe a shot to get back into a, a college program yeah who and knows? got nothing in return yeah not even good coaching yeah yeah oh they played img academy by the way but yeah bishop sycamore a school without address based in columbus ohio has no classes no class schedules nothing espn's technically a victim except for the fact they can probably use the internet and should have searched for this. IMG is certainly not a victim because they could also use the internet and search for this. Uh, it's just everyone's making money, except like you said, the poor saps on this team hoping for a shot at something. Although, right. again, they knew they weren't high school kids. You know, th- th- that's still true. But, you know, I- I'm guessing, and I-, I don't know this for sure, but and for, for all of them, they just probably had nothing else going on in their life, hoping for that maybe one opportunity. I do wonder this, because like I, I certainly watch a lot of ESPN. I didn't even know they, they showed high school football in any capacity. Um, the, the, the Ocho has now become like the trace. The things that we used to joke okay. about, like yeah. whatever, are now up there. Like uh, 
TV now. I heard, I heard someone the other day complaining about like the fact uh, it was three on three basketball and Spanish soccer was on TV on a Sunday morning and that it wasn't, you know, right. What it was like when I was your kid. I'm like, yeah, as, when you're a kid on Sunday morning, it was church and infomercials. This is an improvement. But like, here, here uh, in Barbados, it still is. Well, there you go. But like, they have they have spike ball. I saw like spike ball twenty twenty the lost season on ESPN. What, what's spike ball? There's like a trampoline, and there's two teams of two. They stand opposite sides. You have to spike the ball off the trampoline back and oh. forth, and the other team. It's it's ridiculous, but it's on ESPN. Like they have bags on ESPN. I've seen darts on ESPN. Actually, so like, like watching darts sometimes. Just here, one eighty. I, I miss. I'm telling you, I miss the days of the Black Widow, Janet Lee, and Iwa Mataya playing uh, nine ball uh, at two o'clock in the morning in 1997. One of my early crushes, Janet Lee or Iwa Mataya or both. Oh, the Black Widow. Oh yeah, Janet Lee was. Yeah. Uh, last time I read, I, I I don't think she's doing really well. I I, no? I I think I saw something a year ago that she's fighting cancer. Oh no, she's 50. Yeah. Her spouse is George Breedlove. It sounds like a, uh, doesn't it sound like a car racer? It does. Yeah, battling stage four ovarian cancer. Okay. No, that stinks. All right, so she's still with us. All right. Uh, but yeah, what I was going to say, though, with ESPN, okay, like, if you don't, why are you so desperate to have this game on in the first place? Like, for what? It's not like you can't, okay, well... Sorry, sorry, kids. All, the, all of you were hoping to watch this IMG Academy football game. We're just, uh, we're just going to show darts instead. You know, like, yeah. it was Bring so back the world's preventable. strongest man. Bring back the world's strongest man. Or something. I mean, you've got this. Nobody would have batted an eye. So for them to act all desperate, like, this mm-hmm. is a lot on ESPN. Having said that, it's actually a good thing, though, this happened in the first place. Because I'm kind of glad ESPN got egg on its face because who knows how long this could have went on and how many other victims, because really all these kids, they're victims. No, agreed. Yeah, so this is, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad this all came to light because this would have gotten way worse. Yeah. So, whatever, I just... I guess it's the bad because there's no good guys here, and I just knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it for the bad for this week. Iwa Mataya, by the way, is healthy and thir- and 57 years old. So, um, and the the ugly this week, uh, I told you I'd go back to the other, the Conca other, calf. yeah, no, not Concacaf, Pony Bowl. Oh, that's right, you did say that. Oh, and the U.S. has scored. Congratulations, good. Um, so. Conmi Bowl is South America. So like I said, there are 12 countries in South America, 13 if you include France, because they have like French Guiana is still part of their country. Um, and uh, two of them, Guyana and Suriname, have no shot, so they play in North America. Um, but soccer in South America, as I've said before, is different. Uh, I think I've told the story before of the 45 separate fires burning in the Argentine national stadium in a game between Boca and river. And yes. I say that you unintentionally 
I wish we had had that film because I jumped out of my chair. I was so mad when you were in the Boca jersey. Um, but so Argentina, so we had the qualifying for that. Argentina and Brazil played each other. Now, this game was supposed to be played last April originally or April of 2020. And then obviously with, with COVID and everything, it got delayed. So this is actually technically week six of the 18-game thing, even though now we're technically in week 11, 10 or 11 of the qualifying. Um, and so Argentina was going to Brazil to play a game. Now I've been to an amistoso, which is Spanish for friendly between Brazil and Argentina, uh, back in 1999 as well. Um, Love the air quotes on friendly. Yeah, it was very friendly. Um, a story for another day. I went there with one of my friends who's Bolivian and I had to stop him from getting arrested for being Bolivian, but that was a whole separate story. Um, yeah, that's one of the greatest. I have some stories, but talking the Argentine police in Spanish out of arresting my friend by offering to get arrested with him uh, was probably one of my greatest accomplishments in my life. Um, so, uh, but we went, that game was also, that game, by the way, had Ronaldo and Ronaldinho, and it was just, it was a crazy game. The Argentine actually won that game 2 nothing. The best player in the field was a guy named Roberto Ayala, who was a defender. Uh, played in Italy, I think, for Lazio, a few other places. But he broke up a two-on-one with Ron, Ronaldo and Ronaldinho as the two guys with the ball, and he broke it up. It was ridiculous. So I've been to some of these games before. And they, those two countries, Argentina and Brazil, like U.S. and Mexico don't like each other as teams, but U.S. kind of doesn't think of Mexico as being like an equal, generally. Americans don't think of Mexico as being like their equal country. I hate saying it, but they don't. Brazil and Argentina both think they're better than each other in like – our country and everything. Right. So they actively dislike each other. So the game starts and four minutes into the game, Brazilian police rush onto the field and arrest four Argentine sock players. Why? So we're back to, we're back to COVID here. Okay. So, so the four players um, who were, who were had the issue here? Uh, hold on a second. Were um, there's also another fifth one, Emiliano Buendia, who was actually in the stands and didn't actually play. Um, who has had the same problem? But they were. Hold on, let me make sure I have everybody's name here. Uh, so goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez, uh, Christian Romero, and Giovanni Lo Celso. Uh, yeah, those those three, and then and then um, as I said. Uh, Emiliano Buendia. So all four of those guys play in England. Okay. And there's an automatic quarantine for 14 days in Brazil for anyone who comes from England, Australia, India, or New Zealand, for some reason, it has something more political than anything else. Okay. Unless you are a native born Brazilian. But even with that, Brazil didn't let their own England based players play in this game because of the 14 day quarantine. Mm-hmm. The, these players who are all playing the Premier League said that they weren't coming from England. They were actually coming from some other country. I think Spain is what they said. And that they had been quarantining there for a while, which was a lie on, on these statements. So the Argentine customs agents didn't realize this because apparently they don't follow the Premier League. I mean, they play for Aston Villa and like Tottenham. Like these aren't, they're not playing for some tiny team, right? Um, and the Argentine team basically 
locked the Brazilian authorities out of their hotel somehow and then got to the stadium and the Brazilian police tried to get them in the stadium and they locked them out of the locker room. So the Brazilian, as much as I am on the Argentine side of things, I'm yeah. not sure quite, I guess I could have gotten them on the bus, but I'm not quite sure how and when the, Argent, the Brazilian authorities were gonna stop these guys who clearly lied when they came in. Now, whether or not the, the ban is political or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're coming from those countries, you have to quarantine for 14 days. That's the law. I got. I got to find this. this. Is this on YouTube? About it. Like, like yeah, it's I can, on YouTube. Okay, I got. Yeah. I got to find that. And like, I wonder if somebody's already done the yakety sax bit. Oh, they should. <laughs> so, so the police run onto the field four minutes in the game. The referees are like, "What the hell is going on?" They're blowing the whistles. The players who aren't involved are like arguing with the police. The Brazilian players are arguing with the police. Okay. It's a nut. It's crazy. And they end up suspending the game till a future date. Now FIFA has an investigation, which I'm sure is going to be entirely above board and that all the culprits are going to be uh, properly uh, sanctioned in that situation. But like, it was the dumbest thing I have ever seen on a soccer. And I've seen dumb things on the soccer field. Yeah, for you to say that, that's pretty. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. These four guys clearly knew that they were violating the law. They intentionally violated the law. Again, again, not saying whether the law was fair or not, but Brazil actually abided by it, even though they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And then Argentina has just put three of those four guys on the field. And so the Brazilian authorities, again, I'm not going to say anything about Bolsonaro, who's one of the worst world leaders and the worst presence of any country anywhere in the world. He's the leader of Brazil. Um, but I don't know what the Brazilian police were going to do otherwise. Like they legitimately were locked out of the other situations. Now I didn't hang around and wait for them to get out or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if they were snuck out a back door. They went through the ventilation shafts. I have no idea. I, I got to watch just, more of this stuff. I got to watch oh, yeah. South American it's, soccer. It's, it's silly. It is so freaking silly. It was the dumbest thing I saw this week. Wow. And by far the ugliest thing that's happened in Latin American soccer in a while. So, yeah, it was that's a pretty high bar to clear. And particularly just in games between Brazil and Argentina, like crazy stuff happens in those games all the time. So, by the way, here's a trivia question for you. The answer is Ready? let's four. see how well you do. Okay. It's not four. So, there are 10 teams officially in Conmebol. Okay. So, the 10 South American countries other than Guyana and Suriname. Mm-hmm. Nine of them have qualified for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. What is the only country that has never qualified? Okay, well, let's see. I know Uruguay has because they've won. Brazil. They, were, they won the first World Cup. So. Yeah. Uh, Brazil's won. Argentina's won. I remember Colombia in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure Venezuela's been in. The other Peru or Bolivia? I'll, I'll guess Bolivia. Bolivia actually made uh, World Cup 94 in the U.S., Okay. Um, so and Ecuador, Ecuador hadn't made it until 2002, but the only one who's never made it, by the way, is Venezuela. Oh, Venezuela? Oh, okay. Venezuela has never qualified for the World Cup. Okay. So, not so much for that. Qualified. Come on, man. Even Haiti has been to the World Cup. Get your act together, Venezuela. Oh, I'm, I'm, my bad. My bad. So, anyway, that's what I got. Okay. So, blatant self promotion time. Lots of other shows here on the Not in Hall of Fame network. Uh, Vinny Laspinuso, our wonderkind, who, who 
it makes these great Hall of Fame cases. We just recorded something today. We made the Hall of Fame case for someone we've talked about, Buddy Parker. Oh, yeah. Buddy Parker is yeah. overdue. Yeah. I, again, we talked about this when Vermeil was elected two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Or Sorry, has been elected. When he was a nominee, they're going to elect him. Right. Uh, that yeah. he jumped like five people, but Parker... Mm-hmm. Parker and Coriel are one, two on my list. I have no trouble with Parker or Coriel going in next, but one of them has to. Yeah, so Vinny does a whole uh, good 20 minutes on why he should get in. Uh, we also just recorded... Can, 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 I give you, can I give you five seconds on why I should get in? Yeah. He won championships at the Lions. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another thing that was just recorded that'll go up pretty soon. We How, how the... How the hell did this go to number one? We looked at Sheriff, who went number one in 1989, seven years after they recorded it and had broken up. What was the song? God, it's so forgettable that I forgot what the name the damn song was called. Oh, I have to find this out. I need you. Sheriff Band song. Uh, when I'm with you? When I'm with you. There you go. I don't think I remember that song. It's it's very forgettable. I mean, it's it's a weird thing because the night they went number one on a song with no video because they couldn't. There wasn't one. Just somebody started playing it in Las Vegas, and it just sort of seemed to fit all the hair metal ballads at the time. Wow! So we did that. I have one. to look this up afterwards. And Chris Bernay and I looked at, and this crap was on national television, Joni Loves Chachi. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And, we and, now, and, now, and now Chachi loves Republican, uh, loves Republican, uh, what do I want to call them? Um, rallies. We'll call them rallies. Eh, he, it's not like he has anything else to do. He has a very active Twitter life, my friend. Does he? Well, I don't know. It was actually interesting looking back at the 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 mania of Scott Bale. Hmm. Brought back some memories, and man, that show was terrible, horrible, horrible, oh, horrible show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, Happy Days was crap. See, I still think Happy Days was. I still maintain the worst show ever on television that had any like real run. I'm not counting shows like My Mother, The Car. Uh, but the worst show I think I had any Ryan television was Green Acres. I think you said that, yeah. Yeah, Green Acres is unwatchable. I don't know how it was watchable at the time. Like, Gilligan's Island is bad. Uh, it's fun bad. Yeah, Happy Days was sort of fun bad, too. Uh, particularly if you ever wondered what happened to Richie Cunningham's older brother who went to play basketball and never returned. Yeah, we, we talked about that. I, I mentioned because uh, Tom Bosley's character made a, a cameo in, in this episode. And I, I was sort of shitting on his parenting skills. And I said, like, this is a guy who lost his oldest son. He's <laughs> completely hey, vanished. Hey, Australia once lost a prime minister, so. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that I, is, sorry, have you heard, sorry, have you heard that story before? I've heard it, but I don't understand it. Their, their prime minister in, like, 1969 went swimming, jumped into the ocean, and never surfaced. So he jumped, he swam with the sharks? Didn't jump it? Um, yeah, he, or he got, I don't know, he got. He got eaten. <laughs> like I can't come up with anything. And he jumped in the ocean, and there was literally never found. They what lost the prime minister. What is it with? Well, maybe Canada can lose our prime minister. What is it with Commonwealth prime ministers? 
I love to. I'm going to end here with a political rant. Hey, Justin, asshole. Yeah, I, I know it's kind of kind of shitty when people are throwing throwing stuff at you and they shouldn't do it. Having said that, when you're saying, well, they're all racists, when it was a mixed group and calling them all misogynists, when again, it was a mixed group and you're Captain Blackface, I don't think you can really throw the word racist around. Just want to want to throw that out. That's it. Fair enough. By the way, the man's name was Harold Holt. December 17th, 1967. He dove into the water by Cheviot Beach or Chevio. I don't know how they pronounce it. In Australia, they probably say Cheviot Beach in near Melbourne in Port C. And uh, never, never surfaced. Nice. So there we go. All right. Well, with that, wherever you are, stay safe. Don't get lost. Don't let people throw things at you. And, and re-release whatever recordings you have eight years or six years later without a video. They'll do well. It very well might. It very well might. Wait, Stay so hold on. Sorry. So, so oh. there's, there's no video maker who said that they shot the sheriff? Sorry. Damn, I wish I had a deputy beer. <laughs> I, I, looks like I picked the wrong day to stop drinking. Or sniffing glue. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Take care. <laughs>